0: Yo, yo, yo. My guest this week is an MD that just started her first year of residency. Because medicine is such a common career track for many Indian Americans, it was really interesting to hear about her reasons for pursuing it. She's also a fellow Telugu person, but had a lot more formal training than I did. We talk about summers in India, going to Telugu school, and learning to cook from her mom over quarantine. We also dive a little bit into how the people we're surrounded by affects how we practice and express culture, whether that's the language of the movies that we're watching, or maybe even the rice cakes that we're bringing to school. Without further ado, Siri Yalamanchili, welcome to Brown People We Know. People are going to see this episode, though, the name of this episode, and they're going to immediately know that you're Thelgu, because your name is longer than mine. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) The only names that are ever that long are Thelgu names, as far as I've seen.
1: Yeah, and Thelmille names, because they're pretty long, too.
0: You were born in Michigan, and your dad was an engineer, so he probably worked for Ford. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you moved to Ohio, right? Do do you know, like, why your parents moved? You were pretty young at the time.
1: Yeah, so my mom actually got a job in Ohio. She works as an internal medicine doctor. so So she did her residency in Ohio. And my dad did his undergrad at Wayne State. And then he started working there. Well, he got married to my mom. And then my mom went to live with him in Michigan. And then they both moved to Cleveland.
0: Oh, they got married here.
1: No, no, they got married in India and then they came here.
0: Was it like an Indian matchmaking Netflix situation? Yeah. Was it really?
1: (laughs) It was kind of a funny story. My mom was doing her like intern year. They call it like house urgency, which is like a kind of like an intern year of residency in India. And her parents were like looking for matches for her. And my dad found out about it so he took one of his best friends to the hospital that she was working at and they went in and they just tell her that they're like they want a tour of the hospital but really they like were trying to check her out <laughs> so she like gave them a tour and everything and then that's how they met.
0: Wait so your dad just heard that her parents were looking? Yeah. And just, that's <laughs> that's resourceful like I don't know if resourceful is the right word <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay so actually this is An interesting topic now because of the show, right? Oh, yeah. I'm sure your parents have at least brought it up or asked, right? Or have they not?
1: Oh, they have.
0: So do you think you could see yourself like we grew up in America? So I think the idea of that, even though culturally, maybe it's in the background, like the idea of that because of where we grew up is weird to us. Do you can you see yourself going for like an arranged marriage?
1: Actually, surprisingly, yeah, I think I can which is probably the unpopular opinion among people growing up here. But I think arranged marriage nowadays, in at least the people that I've seen, is not like the traditional, like, you meet them, and then if you like them, you immediately, like, start getting ready to marry them. But I think in terms of parents helping you connect with other people, and, I don't know, just kind of showing you who would be potentially a good partner for you and then allowing you to do the rest, getting to know him and stuff. I think that's not a bad idea.
0: Culturally, do you find yourself to lean, to take in more of the American aspect or the Indian aspect? Cause like when, so you, you do some quilting or that's, it's not quilting, crocheting,
1: crocheting, cross stitching.
0: You've done that. Like at least the ones I've seen, like you have peacocks, which are kind of, you know, you see a lot of that in Indian art. You made lemon cardamom cookies, which is Indian food. (laughs) Do you find that culturally you lean more Indian or American?
1: Definitely more Indian. And I know I've grown up here. I was born here, so it doesn't really make much sense. But growing up amongst my grandparents, I was fortunate enough to be raised for a little bit by all four of my grandparents, which was incredible. They actually came here and raised me in Detroit. And we used to go to India pretty often as well. Especially when I was little, we used to go every year. And then when I was in school, we went every other year. So I became really close to my cousins. I grew up with them. And they're, I guess, they were, they're very much Indian. They've grown up there. So that's kind of how I've grown up too.
0: Every time you speak about it, it seems like very nostalgic. Like you miss it.
1: Yeah, I really do. It's actually been like four years. Yeah, four years since I've gone to India. So I'm due to go twice <laughs> by now. But yeah, hopefully, after all this corona stuff calms down a little bit, I can
0: that... go. Another aspect of the Indian American dynamic that I find interesting is Indian culture, I feel like is very community-based versus American culture is very individualistic. And you just mentioned being raised with by your grandparents and like around your cousins. Do you find that you lean one way or another in that regard?
1: I think there's good to be taken out of both, as with a lot of things. I think being raised here definitely taught me that it's okay to be your own person and develop qualities that, that aren't similar to your friends or the people that you hang out with. And that you should be dynamic in terms of like always looking to improve on yourself and be a better person but I think there's good in both being raised by a community of people is also very fulfilling as well
0: so I'm curious your parents are both in what many people would consider like the tradition Indian careers like engineer (laughs) doctor like Did they have aspirations for you to go down a traditional path? And did that play a role in what you're doing now?
1: So it's funny because my mom, who's in medicine, told me not to do medicine. She was just saying how it's a ton of work, a ton of education, a ton of money spent on education. Um, And frankly, there's a bunch of other careers that pay much better than medicine with less schooling and all of that. And then my dad, on the other hand, he talked more in terms of the stability of my career if I did medicine, so he wanted me to do medicine because I would always have a job that's stable, paying well, and I would have a good lifestyle and everything, and it's meaningful work that you do every day. So I was kind of torn because here my mom was, who's in medicine, telling me not to do medicine. But I kind of just wanted to go on my own and see what I was interested in. I did like shadowing, research, all of that in high school. And I did gravitate more towards medicine after all of that. So I ended up doing like a six-year accelerated program. So I kind of just like pushed myself completely into it from the start. So I did two years of undergrad and then I had like a guaranteed seat in med school. So. As long as you meet certain requirements, you get the seat in med school. So I did two years of undergrad, four years of med school, and yeah, here I am.
0: (laughs) Were there other things that you had kind of explored or wondered about in high school or prior?
1: Hmm, I have to think back six years.
0: I mean, you're still 23? Wait, oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) About to be 24. I know,
1: like back in the old days. No. Um, I used to actually think about biomedical engineering. That would be like what I would major in if I didn't like do the six-year program.
0: Yeah, but all the BMEs end up being pre-med. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> I might have eventually gone that route.
0: <laughs> yeah. So ophthalmology is what you're planning to go into, right? And your mom had gotten LASIK. And then that inspired you to go down that path. And I find that really intriguing because ophthalmology is also like one of those fields where it's both surgical, but also you're doing internal medicine stuff. Is there one that you gravitate more towards that you prefer?
1: Like in terms of surgical versus clinical? Yeah. Uh, No, which is why I picked ophthalmology, actually. Like part of the reason, because it has both pretty equally. You can kind of tailor your career, which is nice to... Doing more surgery versus more clinic. I know some people who do cataract surgery four days a week. And that's, that's what they love to do. And it's kind of, kind of like a system. You just get into the groove of things every day. Um, and they like that routine, but I like more variety in my schedule. So I feel like I would want more half and half because I do want to build relationships with my patients and follow them long term. But I also really like the challenge of surgery, and especially microsurgery. So.
0: And you also want to do mission work, and so mm-hmm. that—that's something I'm curious about too. Especially like when you look at ophthalmology and mission work. Like the prime example is the Arvind Eye Hospitals. Yeah. Did you know about that? Did that influence your your desire to do mission work at all? Have you done mission work in the past?
1: I've actually been interested in traveling and mission work since high school but i haven't hadn't gotten a chance to do it in high school partly because my parents were kind of scared to send me out by myself to do this and in college i only had two years so couldn't really have any time to do uh like study abroad or mission trips or anything take time off for that stuff but in med school actually i took i did do a mission trip to peru and it was The day after I took step one, which is crazy. So I took step one the day after I flew out to Peru. And I this was a trip that I organized completely on my own, very out of my comfort zone. And I was honestly very anxious, even as I was flying there, (laughs) because this was just something crazy that I didn't think would work out. But here I was. And I was flying by myself to do this mission trip with a bunch of medical students from other med schools so i didn't know anyone going into this trip but it turned out to be actually one of the best experiences i've ever had so it was basically like a week of the med students doing a health screening kind of clinic um so we did like blood pressure checks vision checks what else did we do hemoglobin glucose checks we did like some exercise practicing with all the um, families there So it was a bunch of different things, and they would come around each station to get everything checked. But it was so fun. We would rotate to do everything. They were all so excited to see us every morning. There would be like a huge line of people out the door before we even got there. And they were just so grateful for even the littlest thing. We got used pairs of glasses, and all everything was donated pretty much. And even if the glasses were like terrible, like by what we would call them, they were still so grateful to get them. And I don't know, it just really, really made me realize how important it is to think about healthcare not only on a domestic level, but also how other people in other countries are living as well.
0: Between mission work, and I know you're doing research now too, it seems like ophthalmology offers you a lot of different aspects of a career that you want the ability to to give back, to experience the world, to maybe dive into a question in regards to research. So I'm, I'm also curious, and one thing I've talked about on previous episodes. So you mentioned that your dad wanted you to do medicine for the stability. How much does stability play a factor in the fact that you pursued medicine, maybe even in the beginning, if not now? Did you ever think about it as like a stable path or did that not really apply?
1: i think the career options that i had in mind were all pretty stable so it didn't really it wasn't really a distinguishing factor for medicine because i don't know i thought as as much as i knew about biomedical engineering i thought that was pretty stable as a career and i don't remember what else i thought about oh i think i thought about dentistry briefly but that's also a pretty stable career so i think every all of my options were pretty similar in that way. So I wasn't really thinking about that aspect. I was more thinking about like the education and all the time it would take for me to get to my goal. But I realized that none of it really matters if you're really interested in it. And and if you do a six year
0: program, <laughs> <laughs>
1: which definitely helped, but <laughs> even with that, Did you have to
0: take the MCAT for that?
1: Yeah, I did. Oh my gosh it was terrible but we only had to get like a minimum score so that was nice I know a lot of people who really struggled with the MCAT and they had to take many years off um, between undergrad and med school so definitely I I was pretty grateful that it was so easy for us
0: it's nice to at least alleviate like the time concern right but speaking of school I know another thing that your parents made you do when you're younger was to go to Telugu school. (laughs) I find it so interesting that you don't speak in Telugu to your parents. Like I speak in in broken Telugu to my parents. (laughs) I'm assuming that your parents sent you to Telugu school, not just because they wanted you to be proficient in the language, but also because they wanted you to retain the culture, right? How much Mm -hmm. of that do you think about for yourself? Like, how much in terms of you retaining your own culture, is that important to you? And then, and how are some ways you go about doing that?
1: That's a good question. Yeah, I do think it's very important to me to retain my culture and strengthen it and pass it along to my kids. Like, I do want them to know Telugu and they better know Telugu. (laughs) So my she, my grandma, she taught me like very basic Telugu when I was younger, but of course none of that stuck with me. But going to like formal Telugu classes, I really didn't like it at first. But once I once I got the letters down, and once I started writing and reading, it was actually really cool to me to be able to learn a new language and put it to use when I... We watch a lot of Indian TV at home, Telugu TV. So it was nice to finally be able to like pick out some of the letters on the TV. Yeah, so I really actually enjoyed. Doing How
0: that. old were you when you were in thug school?
1: Um, this was probably middle school.
0: Oh, so you were like pretty old. I mean, at that point, yeah, yeah to yeah. be like learning language. I
1: was one of the seniors <laughs> <laughs> in the class. <laughs> was
0: your sister in it as well?
1: Yeah, she was too. She didn't take it as seriously because she had a bunch of friends in her class, so they just kind of goofed off. But no, I actually wanted to learn. After a while, after a few classes, I was like, okay, like I'm gonna learn how to do this the right way so
0: i guess another way that you're retaining cultures during quarantine your mom has been teaching you a few recipes
1: yeah (laughs) no i love eating indian food and i can't live without indian food so i was like i should probably learn how to make it for myself just so you know i can do it when my mom's not there but yeah she taught me how to make spinach dal and like sambar rice and a bunch of different stuff that i wrote down all the recipes for Um, And she gave me an instant pot, which is like magic to make all of this stuff.
0: Is spinach style like papu?
1: Yeah, like spinach papu.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard it called that, (laughs) but that's fair. We're catering to an American audience, probably. Yeah,
1: I don't, I don't know. I just said dal, so everyone understands.
0: What's been your favorite to make?
1: Um. hmm. Well, I know the spinach papu like really well now, so I would say that's that's a pretty good one. I made it actually when i first started like during my first month of residency before uh, my icu month i made it once and i made like a lot of it unintentionally so i put a bunch of it in my freezer and i'm still like eating that now like a month later
0: nice i have a classmate that her mom apparently mails her cura's frozen cura's curry curries frozen <laughs> <laughs> to michigan like she'll she, really? I think they live in like Jersey. Yeah, I don't even know how she does it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but yeah. Wow, that's
1: really nice. I shouldn't get those ideas though, because I do want to cook on my own. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and when you make dosa, you make it crispy, right? The way it should be made.
1: No, 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 no. It has to be a good medium, half crispy.
0: there is a right way to make dosa. When you touch well, the it, right it, way it should to crack. Eat
1: them is to eat it like a normal dosa, not mix it in all the chutney and stuff.
0: Yeah, that's the right way to eat dosa, but puri, you definitely peel apart.
1: No, oh
0: my god. The thin layer is way better than the thick one. If I could just have So you just eat
1: like the airy part? That's what you do? Well,
0: I eat that first. Well, normally I save the best for last in most aspects of my life, but when it comes to puri, (laughs) I eat with the thin part, the thin layer first. Oh my god. Finish all the thick ones.
1: That's so weird. I've never heard of anyone doing that.
0: That is the way you're supposed to eat this. It's a (laughs) well-known fact. It's a well-known fact. (laughs) It's established. You can look it up. Don't look it up right now, though. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you also mentioned that you watch Thalgu TV at home.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. It's actually really funny because my Thalgu was like... When I was a kid, it was like really, really bad. But then... I watched so many Ravi Teja movies that oh, yeah. it, it became better. That's why like I would go around saying things like Bokka. <laughs> 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 and I would do the thing with the face <laughs> oh, yeah. that he doesn't like Venki, like sticking out the tongue and all that.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I got scolded for that pretty often, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: I know yeah. that you watch, or at least I think that you watch more Hindi movies than Thugu movies, right? Mm-hmm. When you think of your cultural background, for me, I do tend to think of it as like South Indian or Telugu versus just <laughs> Indian broadly. Do you make that kind of distinction or to you is it all kind of the same thing?
1: No, I definitely do make that distinction. This is North Indian cultures and traditions are very different than South Indian. Obviously, there are similarities, but there are pretty, pretty big general differences. I think... Me watching, Indi- me watching Hindi movies is just like, that was just kind of recent after maybe college started because I roomed with two Gujarati girls, so they obviously watched Hindi movies and I watched with them, and there was always really good Hindi options on Netflix, and there weren't many Telugu options, so I think that's how I just kind of got used to Hindi more, but I still watch Telugu movies, just not as much. And my dad, like, always downloads those movies. They still, my parents still watch a bunch of those movies when uh, they're at home, but my dad always downloads new ones, and then they never end up being good, so I, <laughs> I just, like, lose hope every time.
0: Yeah, they've, the Thilgu movie industry has slowly declined.
1: declined. After the bomb yeah. Bullies, nothing is good.
0: I felt like it started a little before that. Although, I like Vijay's movies. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm like Chuplu is really good and you then this so i know it's so good it's like the new 100 percent love
1: oh my gosh that movie was so good
0: then why why haven't you seen Chuplu?
1: i don't know indian movies have like you need a dedicated amount of time to watch
0: them. oh for sure they're like eight hours long yeah
1: i know i can't just watch them on like a random evening when i have to wake up at four the next morning
0: yeah. When I was a kid, I would skip all the songs, but now I skip the songs and the fights because I'm like, I really yeah, don't yeah. have time for this. But it is it is funny, just the difference, the contrast between like Indian and American movies. So you also mentioned that you had two Gujarati roommates. Growing up, did you tend to have more Indian friends than American friends, or was um, it a blend?
1: So actually, in the city that I grew up, there were not many Indian people... And not many Telugu people. In my high school, there was actually only one? Yeah, like one other, one other Indian person.
0: This is in Akron?
1: This was in Avon. In
0: Avon, okay.
1: Yeah. So I didn't really have that many Indian friends until college. And of course, in a six-year accelerated pre-med program, there's going to be a ton of Indians. So yeah, that's where I made most of my friends that I still have now.
0: When you were in this high school with, like, one other Indian person, Mm -hmm. did you find that you either over or under expressed? When I asked you earlier, you said, like, you felt more Indian than American. But do you feel like that has changed over time as you've, like, found Indian friends or?
1: Yeah, I think it has, actually. I remember a few experiences in high school uh, where I'd be eating lunch, okay? And I feel like you know where this is going to go. but. I would bring Indian food. I would bring idli, okay, like the most generic. I just say they're rice cakes to people who ask. So like I would have friends that like look at it and be like, what is that? And like, it's all about the tone, you know, and their voice. And I would just feel really awkward bringing food. So I would just never bring Indian food, never really make an effort to share my culture as much because I thought it was just way too different. But then in college, I changed a bit because first of all, it was more common to, you know, express your culture and we would have like Diwali events and Navratri and stuff. So it was actually really fun to be able to finally like celebrate those things with everyone in my class. And it kind of made me feel more validated in a way to be able to express that part of myself. So yeah, it's been good. <laughs>
0: It's definitely an interesting transition when you find other people that you can express that culture with. Like, mm-hmm. even for me in college, there were a lot of Indians uh, at the University of Wisconsin, but I hadn't met that many other Thalgu people. Yeah. But when I got to, like, the University of Michigan, they are like, Thalgu, Thalgu people. Oh, like, yeah, they just fun. came from there's Hyderabad. <laughs> 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 but, like, it's really made me embrace that side a lot more. But now the only difference is that I get hazed for my Thalgu constantly. <laughs> like, before, all the aunties and uncles would be so proud. They'd be like, oh, he like, grew up here, but he speaks Telugu. They were just relieved that I spoke any Thalgu. Now I'm just getting I'm impressed hazed. too,
1: honestly. <laughs> There's not that many people who do so.
0: Okay, so you grew up in the Midwest, and you spent your summers in India, but now you're going to a whole new place. The next part of your residency is in New York. Mm -hmm. Are you excited about that, nervous about that?
1: All of the above. (laughs) Many different emotions. Uh, I actually wanted to get out of Cleveland for residency just because I knew it would be good for my own personal development. I've been pretty sheltered, I would say, like most of my life. Even throughout college, I was only an hour away from home. So I would, of course, go home like most weekends, get food, (laughs) come back. And even this year, I'm pretty close to home as well. So next year will be like a really big switch for me. It will be seven and a half hours driving from home. So I obviously can't go home as often. I kind of have to learn how to live on my own, be more independent, self-sufficient, which I'm excited to learn how to do. But it also makes me nervous that I have to learn how to do that. That's fair. (laughs) So I've been kind of working on it this year. This year is kind of my transition period for... For next year so i'm trying to prepare myself
0: yeah it's definitely tough when i went out to illinois the first time i moved there it was actually outside of chicago in the suburbs i didn't know anyone and everyone else there is either under 18 or like over 32 <laughs> so it was really bad <laughs> i used to go to like an art gallery all the time and then just longboard around because i didn't know what else to do
1: longboard oh my gosh yeah.
0: What are you going to miss the most about the Midwest once you move out to New York?
1: Um, Well, Midwestern hospitality is a real thing, I've realized, after going on a bunch of interviews, like South and East. So I'll definitely miss that. Definitely going to miss the familiarity of things here. Albany, where I'm going in New York, is also kind of, it's pretty similar size to my hometown here. So in that aspect, I don't think it'll be overwhelming, but I think it'll just be very different. And kind of getting used to how things run on the East Coast will be different. So yeah, nothing specific. Of course, my family um, I'm going to miss. But yeah, I think it'll just be a new experience.
0: In the last episode... The person that I talked to, he lives here. His family lives back in India. And so he was saying this is like a thing that he has to think about now because he would rather stay in the U.S., but he can't ask his parents to come here as they get older because they have their own friends over there and all of that. I know you're close to your family as well. I'm kind of curious where you see yourself ending up, like if you want to stay in the East Coast or move back to the Midwest and do your parents... Or just being close to your family factor into that?
1: I definitely think I want to stay East Coast or Midwest. But maybe not West Coast, just because it's a little too far from where I've grown up. But I think East Coast, it'll be more familiar to me after doing residency there. And we do have family friends in Jersey and in New York. So it's not like a like a foreign like no one else is there kind of place for me and midwest is the most familiar to me so anywhere in the midwest would be would be good as well I actually really like Chicago because we have a lot of family there I love the city I think it's just a really good place overall fun and good schools and everything for my future kids
0: (laughs) thanks for coming on
1: Thanks for having me.
0: I know this is your first podcast. (laughs) I dragged you into this.
1: No, no, I'm glad you did. I hope I'm not too awkward.